0: Amen. Well, I appreciate that good singing this morning, don't you? And thank God. There was two thieves at Calvary. One was on the right, one was on the left, and the Bible says in uh, Luke chapter number 23 and verse number 33, and when they was come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. And you're either on the right or the left. You say, well, what does that mean? You may be here and not know that. Uh, the man on the one side of Calvary, he said, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. And he died without Christ and, and went to hell. And the man on the other side of Calvary said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom, And Jesus saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. That man went to heaven. Amen. Now they both were thieves. And they both deserve to go to hell. But the reason one went to heaven is because he put his faith and his trust in Jesus Christ. And friend, that's the only way to heaven is through the blood. Amen. It's through the Son of the Lord Jesus Christ and through the cross. And we've heard a lot of singing about that this morning. And I thank God for it. And I appreciate what the Lord has done thus far in the service. If you'll stand with us, Luke chapter number 18. Luke chapter number 18 this morning and I ask you to pray uh, come this morning with such a burden I know this is Easter Sunday and we celebrate the resurrection but we that are saved we celebrate the resurrection all the time amen yeah. and uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with se- with celebrating it today by all means we should uh, but the resurrection's on our mind constantly we that are saved because we know that if in this life only we have hope in Christ we're of all men most miserable but because Jesus got out of the grave thank God amen he's alive, and we're alive through Him this morning. Uh, But I'm not going to be preaching this morning a a resurrection message or an Easter message. I just want to preach what the Lord's really uh, laid upon my heart, and so Luke chapter number 18 and verse number 18 this morning. The Bible says, And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, all these things have I kept from my youth up. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a ne- through the needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Let's bow for a word of prayer this morning, and then you can be seated. Our precious Heavenly Father, as we bow in your presence once again. Lord, we're so thankful for the liberty that we felt in the house of God this morning. We want to thank you for the good worship and the good singing that we've already enjoyed. God, I pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy word. I pray, God, that you'll touch these lips of clay. God, give us the words that we need to speak, and may we not say anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that you'd be magnified and glorified. I pray that your Son would be magnified and the church would be edified this morning. I pray that you walk up and down the aisles of this church and speak to every heart. God, you know the burden in our soul this morning, and I pray you'll help us to deliver it according to your will, and may you be pleased with our worship this morning, and we ask all these things in Jesus' precious name we do pray, amen, amen. You can be seated this morning. I preached a couple weeks ago out of Luke chapter number 12 on the poverty of riches, and we talked about the rich man in Luke chapter number 12 and how that this man... Uh, had a goal to pull down his barns and build greater, only to find out that while he thought thee he had many years left in this walk of life, uh, the Lord said, Thou fool, tonight thy soul shall be required of thee. So here's a man in Luke chapter number 12 that is rich, that he is somewhere around middle age and thinks that he has many, many years left, only to find out that he has less than 24 hours. And then in Luke chapter 16, we talked about another rich man in the book of Luke here and how that this man was no doubt probably in the older years of life and has had great success and many riches. And the Bible said in Luke 16 in verse 19 that there was a certain rich man which fared sumptuously every day. And the Bible said he was clothed in purple and fine linen. And this man had many great riches, a lot like the man in Luke chapter number 12. But like this man as well, he died with without Christ and he went to hell and the Bible said in verse number 21 that in hell he lift up his eyes being in torments now here's a man that died just like the man in Luke chapter 12 without Christ uh, because of the riches of this world and we looked at the price of riches how that the price of riches is simply this that it will cost you everything if you give uh, your, your soul for the riches of this world it will cost you eternity throughout the rest of eternity you will die without the Lord Jesus Christ as we have a live interview with a man in Luke chapter 16 in hell. But when we come to Luke chapter number 18 Luke once again tells us about another rich man here. And the Bible says in verse number 18 that he was a certain ruler. And I want you to think about this man in verse number 18 for just a moment. This man is no doubt a young man. So Luke gives us an account of a middle aged man uh, that was rich and that died without Jesus and then in Luke 16 he gives us an account of an older man that was rich and that died without Jesus and then he gives us an account here of a young man that was rich and died without uh, without Jesus Christ. You say preacher if a man's rich can he go to heaven? Sure he can because in Luke chapter 19 there's a man by the name of Zacchaeus that got saved and the Bible says that he was very rich. Amen? And so riches alone does not determine our eternal destiny. But I want to tell you, friend, Jesus said in verse number 25 of our text, or verse number 24, he said, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God. And what Jesus is teaching us in the book of Luke is that more people lean on their riches and go to hell than those, my friend, that see their need for Christ and go to heaven. This morning, I want to preach on this subject today. I want to preach on the power of riches. Amen? The power of riches. Now I don't know if you know this or not and I'm sure that you do, but riches are a very powerful tool in this day and time. And when I say powerful, I'm not talking about economically. I'm not talking about financially. But do you realize this morning that riches is a very powerful tool that can either be used for the glory of God or it can be used, my friend, as a snare of the devil. Amen? If God has blessed you with riches, then we ought to be reminded that riches this morning are a tool that God gives us or money is a tool that God gives us to use for His honor and for His glory. Amen? but I want to say on the other side of that coin the devil uses riches just as well as God does as we see in our text here I notice this man in verse number 18 notice here that he came to the right person and he came for the right purpose and he came to the right place the Bible says in verse number 18 that a certain ruler asked him saying good master what shall I do to inherit eternal life Now here's a man that comes to God and he comes to God for this reason. He wants to know how to have eternal life. I would say anybody that came to Jesus and wanted to know how to have eternal life is is a good candidate for salvation. Can I get a witness right there? Anybody that would come and ask this question to Jesus Christ will surely find the right answer for Christ will tell them the right answer. And this man came to the right person. This man came to the right place. The Bible says in the book of Mark that he came running and he kneeled down at the feet of Jesus. Now, that's a good place to get saved is at the feet of Jesus. Isn't that right? And he came for the right purpose. He is searching for eternal riches. He is looking how uh, to find out how that he can live forever in eternity. But the tragedy of our text this morning is this, is that though this man came to the right place and the right person and for the right purpose, he did not get saved. Like so many people today, he came as close to heaven's door as you could without entering in. And I see this man in verse number 18 and I notice the master in verse number 19. Look what Jesus says unto him. He says, why callest thou me good? None is good save one that is God. Now Jesus wants to talk about two things in verse number 19. He wants to talk about goodness and he wants to talk about God. And the reason for that is because here's why. Jesus is wanting this man to see that goodness alone cannot get a man to heaven. The Bible says in Romans 3 and verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In Romans 3 and verse number 10, the Bible said there is none righteous, no not one. All of our righteousness and all of our goodness it's not good enough to enter into the kingdom of heaven now here's a man that in verse 18 you're to highlight these words he said what shall I do to inherit eternal life this man was looking for what he needed to do to be saved friend you don't do anything to get saved salvation has already been done isn't that right Jesus cried at Calvary in Luke 23. He said, it is finished. And what that means this morning, Jesus says, why callest thou me good? There's none good. He wants him to understand, number one, nobody's good, including yourself. Then secondly, he wants to talk about God. He said, save one, that is God. He's wanting to bring this man to the place uh, where he's willing to admit or recognize that Jesus Christ is God, that he is the Son of God, the only begotten of God, that he is God this morning. You know, I read the interview of a man that died without Jesus Christ, a good man, a moral man, a very kind man who was very famous that if I called his name, I would say everybody in this room would know who I'm talking about. But as he was laying there on his deathbed, his children was talking to him and I don't know if it was his children or if it was it was a family member. It did not say but uh, who this person was but they were witnessing to him and trying to get him to put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ and here's a man that is a very moral and a very good and a very famous man in this world but he looked at that family member and he said, I believe Jesus was a good man but he said, I just do not believe Jesus is God. And he slipped out into eternity. Friend, if you don't believe Jesus is God this morning, then you're not going to heaven. When that uh, Ethiopian got baptized in Acts chapter number 6, he said to Philip, what doth hinder me from being baptized? You remember what Philip said to him? He said, do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? And he said, I believe. Amen? And that was evidence uh, of that man's salvation. What I'm saying this morning is, is that Jesus is trying to bring this man to the point. Why does a man not want to believe that Jesus is God? Because to put your faith in Jesus Christ as God means that you cannot Trust your own goodness. You cannot rely upon yourself. Here's a man that was worked very independently. He, he believed in himself and he had earned things by himself. And Jesus is trying to bring him to the point where he recognizes that nothing you have will merit you salvation. Friend, I want to tell you this morning that being baptized does not get you to heaven. Joining a church won't get you there. Paying tithes will not get you to heaven. Putting extra money in the offering plate will not get you to heaven. Being a moral person, keeping the Ten Commandments will not get you to heaven. This man says to Jesus, or Jesus says to him, thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother. And notice the mindset of this man. He said, all these things have I kept from my youth up. Do you realize this morning That there is the possibility that this man did this. Because in Philippians 3 and verse number 9, Paul said this as touching the righteousness which is in the law, he said, I was blameless. So it's very possible that what Je- this man is telling Jesus that he had, he had done that. He had lived his life in such a way that, that because of that he felt like that I am a good person. I, I don't steal. I, I don't kill nobody. I, I'm not committed adultery. i I've not bore a false witness. And so this man no doubt felt like I, I'm good. that there, There's probably not too much that's going to keep me from going to heaven. But I want you to notice the message in our text. Look what Jesus says to him in verse number 22 this morning. Jesus heard these things and he saith unto him, yet, watch this, lackest thou one thing. I want to ask you a question this morning, friend. What's the one thing that would keep you from getting saved today? What's the one thing that would keep you in that pew and keep you from coming down this aisle? You see in a congregation this size I'm sure there are people sitting here maybe you're a visitor, maybe you're a member of this church but when we boil this thing down to the brass tacks, it's not about your membership as I've said before it's not about who you're kin to, it's not about your mother, your father, your brother your sister, it's not about your dad it's not about, listen, it's not about your husband, it's not about your wife the real question looming over every one of us this morning is do you have eternal life? Do you know that you've been born again? You've got to have more than religion, you've got to have more than just good works none of that's going to get you to heaven this morning and if you're sitting here and you say oh preacher, I don't know if I'm saved I don't know if I'd go to heaven or hell then friend, the real question this morning is what is the one thing that would keep you from coming to Christ right now is it this congregation, is it your pride, is it your prestige is it religion this morning, I'm here to tell you if the Holy Ghost knocks on your heart and tells you that you're lost, you need to junk your pride and junk your religion and junk everything else uh, and drink a good dose of I don't care what anybody thinks uh, and run to an old-fashioned altar and get saved by the grace of God. Amen. You see, I wouldn't care if I made 10 professions. If I thought I was going to hell this morning, I wouldn't care what nobody thought about that. I mean that. I wouldn't care if I was a Sunday school teacher. I wouldn't care if I did sing in the choir. I wouldn't care if I had perfect attendance in Sunday school. I wouldn't care if I did show up on visitation. I wouldn't care if I could play an instrument this morning. I wouldn't care who I was. Friend, listen, don't gamble with eternity. You need to make sure that you've been saved. The power of riches this morning. You say, but Brother Gravely, I don't have a million dollars. But you're rich beyond what this world standard is as we mentioned last Sunday. This world looks at us and they see us as rich. We're often richer than what we think we are. Everybody in this room lives in a decent home. Am I telling the truth? Everybody here has got a roof over your head. Everybody here has got a decent automobile to drive. Listen, everybody here has got clothes on your back. And listen, nobody in this building is starving this morning. I'm telling you, we've got riches in this world. But if we're not careful, the riches of this world can have us and own us. Friend, in the mindset of this man is that he thought that he was good. But Jesus gives him a shocking, a stunning message that there's something that you're lacking this morning. You know, I can see this man in my mind. And when Jesus told him that, Brother Dwayne, I'm sure he thought to himself, well, hey, just one thing. If if it's only one thing I got to do to go to heaven, then I've got this thing lit. If there's just one thing that that I need to do to to be saved, then then surely I, I can do that one thing because I've done all these other things from my youth. Can I tell you something about the Lord this morning? He knows exactly how to deal with our heart this morning. You know that selling everything you got and giving it to the poor ain't gonna get you to heaven. Somebody say amen. It's not what Jesus said. It's the principle of what he said. Jesus was not going to uh, Jesus knew that if this man was willing to sell everything he had and give it to the poor then he knew this man was willing to do whatever it took to get saved he knew this man was willing to come to Christ with no reservations I want to tell you this morning if you get saved you have to come to the end of yourself you have to get past who you are you have to be willing to let go of everything I don't care what nobody says this morning the Bible says that Jesus taught this principle in this text here that if you want to be saved you've got to want to be saved more than anything else in this world Amen. Jesus looks at him and the message is sell all that thou hast and distribute to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me notice the misery of verse 23 the Bible says that when he heard this he was very sorrowful for he was very rich now, I want to say this morning, why did this man not get saved? He didn't get saved because of the power of riches. What is so powerful about the riches of this world? I want to say first of all this morning, what is so powerful is the perspective of it. Because this man was rich, this man thought he had need of nothing. Nothing. Because he was rich that his need for God, when Jesus said, sell everything you've got and give to the poor, his perspective was, I can't do without my riches. But if I could witness to this man for just a moment, I would say to him, sir, you can't do without your Redeemer. Amen. Riches will fail, but your Redeemer will not fail. Money will one day fade and tarnish, but Jesus will last throughout eternity. But this man's perspective is that his God simply was his money. His God was the silver and the gold. You would be amazed in 2017 The people that love the things of this world More than they love God The materialistic things of this world That's why they don't have time for church That's why they don't have time for God Or if they do go to church It's very little church You know why? Because money has become the God Of many people in America You see you don't have I mentioned it several times Throughout preaching these sermons That you don't have to have a lot of money to love it Somebody say amen Amen Many have many have chased the dollar never obtaining much of it but they sure did love it and they spent their life trying to work and get all they could only to find out they couldn't get as much as others. I'm simply saying this morning that this the power of riches is that it changed this man's perspective. It blinded him and kept, it, kept him from seeing how important Jesus really is. Wonder how many people this morning the things of this world has blinded you and kept you from seeing how important Christ is. Do you know your soul is the most important thing that you possess this morning? It's more important, it's more valuable than the home that you live in. It's more valuable than the air that you're breathing. It's more valuable than the car you drive or any amount of money that you could ever put in the bank. Your soul, as I mentioned last Sunday, if a man gains the whole world but he loses his own soul, what shall he give in exchange for his soul this morning? The Bible says that the soul of man never dies and it's worth more than all the money of this world. Amen. This riches, the power is that it changes perspective. The power of riches is pride this morning. You see, I see this man, he could not sell everything he had and give it to the poor. You know why? Because if he gave everything he had to the poor, do you know where that would leave this man? It would leave him with the poor. It would leave him poor. And I believe that man, when he thought about that, he thought to himself, wait a minute, if I sell everything I got and give it to the poor and follow Jesus, I'm going to be poor. And people, Listen, the rulers ain't going to want me anymore. I'm going to lose my status in society. People's not going to think of me like they used to. So i would never be like that preacher. Oh, but listen, there's many that sits in the pews this morning of our churches. They get under old time conviction. No, they need to come and be saved. But they have the same perspective of this man. Well, I can't go down there and get saved. What's everybody going to think of me if I go to that altar this morning? What if I break down and start shedding tears? What if I weep and cry? What if I mess my, my makeup up? Or what if somebody laughs at me? Hey, I want to tell you this morning, if you're lost, uh, you don't need to wait for an invitation, friend. You need to run to the. Psalter now before the light, the flames of hell leak your feet today, you need to get saved by the good grace of God this morning Amen. you know I was in a funeral a few months back, and as I was in that funeral, there were so many lost people there, and I was sitting there in that funeral and i don 't know if the man i don 't know if the the the, the, the lady was uh, saved or lost I really don't know I was just there attending a funeral but what bothered me in that funeral was that there was just so many lost people you could just tell by looking at them there were so many people unsaved and I don't even know the preacher that got up don't even know his name but he got up and he he told a lot of jokes and, and I'm not against somebody trying to use a little humor if that's what they want to do I'm not against it but but he just made a lot of jokes and just kind of had a good time and send everybody out their way. And I walked out of that funeral and I thought about this the only opportunity that there ever would have been to preach to that crowd together the gospel. And I'm telling you, friend, there are people all around us going to hell. There's people in this building this morning going to hell. There's people this morning stooped in religion. Yes, you go to church, but what kind of a church do you go to? you don't have to go to this church to be in a good church but you ought to go to a church where a man of God loves you enough to get up and preach to your soul you ought to hear a message on hell at least once every 6 or 7 or 8 or 10 weeks uh, uh, listen there ought to be somebody get up and preach under a burden that cares more about than just your pocketbook and a number on a board uh, there ought to be somebody that cares enough uh, uh, to preach your children out of hell and into heaven free them to, I'm telling you free them, this world is hate up with religion but religion will do nothing but send you to hell today I'm saying here's a man that did not get saved because of the power of riches it builds pride in a person's life Jesus said it himself that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven some are rich in money and some are rich in religion some are rich in pleasure some are rich in this world Some are rich in bitterness, some are rich in stubbornness, some are rich in malice. But every one of us are rich in something this morning. What are you rich in this morning? And when I think about the message and I think about the misery, what brought misery to this man's heart, can you imagine this? Is that Jesus told him the truth. This man was very sorrowful because Jesus told him the truth. And can I say to you this morning, that's a good thing. Do you remember the day that you got saved? Do you remember when you got under old time conviction? When the Holy Ghost spoke to your heart and the preacher was preaching? I'm sure you didn't sit in the pew happy that you was going to hell. You didn't sit in the pew happy that he said you was a sinner and that you needed to be saved and that the judgment of God was upon you. You said, well, I've been in church all my life and if you were saved out of religion, then I'm sure you weren't happy the day that the Holy Spirit knocked on your heart and said religion will not do. You need salvation. You don't need good works. You need Christianity. It doesn't make a, a lost man happy. It makes him very sorrowful. But at that moment of time when that heart is sorrowful, you and I have a Choice that we must make. There's an opportunity and there's both an obstacle that is before us. We can either turn to Christ and go to heaven or we can turn away from Jesus and go to hell. We can turn to that world or we'll turn and look to this world. Can I tell you the man in our text, the Bible says in one passage that he went away very sorrowful for he was very rich. He turned away from Christ and the power of riches is, is it not only built pride in his life but it turned him away from the, the, from the pleasure of eternity and it turned him back to the pleasures of this world you see you're here this morning you need to be saved you will have to make a choice here in just a moment and in that moment of time you're going to choose i was thinking about that old song brother david we used to sing it i or somebody has sung it down through the years that old song i'll take jesus and yesterday i just kept thinking about that song it just kind of was on my heart all day i'll take jesus A songwriter said, I've tried these worldly pleasures and they failed. But he said, when I enter the gates of heaven, I'll hear my master say, me or the world, my child, which one did you take? And I want to ask you that question this morning. Which one are you taking today? Where's your heart at today? This man looked at Jesus He looked into the face of eternity and he looked back at this world and sadly and sorrowfully he turned away from Christ and he went back. Do you know that man's in hell this morning? And if that man could trade places with anybody in this building today, don't think for one moment he wouldn't wait for the piano to start playing. He wouldn't wait for me to give an invitation and he would not care what anybody here thinks he would run to Jesus this morning. He would say, I was such a fool to turn Christ away for it was his last opportunity. And I was thinking about this morning. I was thinking about this morning as I was, uh, as I was preparing for this message, I was thinking about, I sat right down here in the restaurant, probably about three years ago with a man. He came to our church and visited several times probably... He probably visited our church eight or nine or ten times, Brother Laddie. He would come back here and he would sit right back by the light switch. I remember that. And one day after church, he'd come down here to the front and he was just weeping. I mean, just tears. And he told me, he said, would you come sit down and talk with me? He said, I "I don't have what you preached about this morning. I said, I sure will. I said, well, do you want me to come to your house? He said, no. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. He said, he said, would you just meet me over here in town in a restaurant next week? He said, I'd like to sit down. i got some questions I want to ask you. And so we did. I went over here to, uh, to the Mexican restaurant and sat down with him. And he began to ask me questions about how to be saved. And he began to talk to me. And we began to talk about, uh, and I gave him the gospel. gave him the Romans road, the John's road. We began to talk about that. And this man sat there and he listened to every single word. I mean, just intently listening. And I felt God sit down in that little booth with us. And he started weeping. And I told him, I said, Jim, I said, I believe God will save you if you want to be saved. And I mean, just sitting there, sitting there, he just started weeping. I said, Jim, God will save you if you want to be saved this morning. And the tears dripping off his cheek. And I I mean I was going to get right down there in the, in the floor of the restaurant and lead this man to Christ. Because I felt like if we walked outside, I felt like it would jeopardize what was taking place. And we were just going to get down there in the floor and get saved. I said, I'm telling you. I said, it doesn't matter about these people around us, it don't matter what anybody thinks. I said, right here, right now, I said, if you want to be saved. I said you're under conviction I said you'd be saved right now in this restaurant right now and he sat there and I mean there must have been 15 second pause he sat there just weeping and he the one thing that had Jim's heart was money he was 70 something years old he'd retired from Wall Street he, he, made, he made good money I don't, I don't even know where he's at now but he sat there weeping and he looked at me and he said, not today, not today. And I started weeping. I said, Jim, I said, please, I said, I said, God is speaking to your heart right now. I can tell that. I said, and, and we may walk outside here. And I said, it, it won't be like it is right now. I said, why not right here? Why not right now? And he looked at me and he said, I mean, weeping, wanting to be saved. But he said, not today. Not today. Do you know, it's the last time I ever talked to Jim. I don't know if he's still alive. I don't know if he's, if he's in heaven or if he's in hell. But what I do know this morning is that the things of this world turned his heart away from the door of heaven. And friend, I'm here to tell you this morning, there's people just like that in this building right now. You're this close to being saved. But you've got to get honest with yourself and you've got to come to the terms that you need need salvation more than you need anything this morning. And it would be a tragedy to hold on to something, the back of a pew, hold on to someone's arm, hold on to some baby this morning. It'd be tragedy to hold on to something or hold on to something in this world and leave this service and go to hell. You say, well, I may come back tonight and get saved, but you don't know if the Holy Spirit is going to knock on your heart tonight. There are people that I believe they've told God no for the very last time. And that's their last opportunity to be saved. I wonder this morning as we stand our heads are bowed, eyes are closed, Christians are praying. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'm begging you, friend. I'm begging you this morning if you know that the spirit of God is speaking to you, why would you hesitate? Why would you wait? Why would you even care what anybody would think? If you'll come to this old-fashioned altar, we'll pray with you this morning. Listen, you can leave. It could be the greatest Easter Sunday ever in your life. You could leave saved by the good grace of God. While we sing this morning, would you come?